0: hi everyone it's james Withall here i'm the ceo of rupert resources um come to speak to you about um, our icri discovery again and give you a bit of an update we've just done our resource announcement 4 million ounces in the indicator category which is a, a significant milestone for the company and uh yeah to you matthew and uh Happy to answer questions,
1: James. Good to see it's been a while. Um, so yeah, obviously, good news on the minerals resource update. Four million ounces in, in, indicated. What, what does it mean? I guess the,
0: the what does it really mean? Because people say you know, a year ago the number was similar, but the key thing is now is this is the this is the basis on which we go forward and do our engineering studies. It's what you can convert to a, a reserves, which is what you can then effectively. Eventually becomes your bankable feasibility study, so it was important milestone, and I set the milestone for the for the team to achieve a, a four million ounces or higher number. Uh, you know, a year ago, once we'd done that last resource and we completed the PEA, so that was really what this last winter's been involved been involved with. So, uh, lots of infield drilling, but it's all about having confidence in the quality and the uh, the potential economics of the the development of the project and uh-huh.
1: Right, and and how does that break down? Because you kind of got the open pit um, component, you've got the underground component. Grays roughly the same. So in terms of the economics, um, what was the goal for you in terms of um, you know that message to market in terms of what this could be?
0: Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll use a couple of slides and we'll, we'll go through that. So I guess okay. The real message is, is obviously just the pure quality of it, regardless open pit underground overall, it, it, as I've said, in many of these interviews method, just about the, the, the quality of this compared to other gold deposits, is a very, very different, different project. So, but I'll, you know, won't just talk that I'll, I'll go through a few slides to demonstrate that. So, so just a bit of a recap we've, um, we've spent so far about just under $20 an indicated resource out. So pretty good number in terms of expenditure to get to this point. Um, you know, and we'll go into the different ways about unlocking that value and, and, and trying to, you know, recover this, you know, 400, dollars an ounce value in the future, but just let's just go to the, um, resources itself, Let's slide in terms of where the resources are. So just on, on here. The open pit resource is about 2.65 million ounces. So I'll add that up here. And the underground was 1.4 million ounces. The grade is about 2.2 grams. um, And the grades come down slightly, actually, from the last resource. So people are comparing one against the other, just so you understand that. It's uh, it's because the inferred resources that we converted in came across at a slightly lower grade, but that brought down the average a little bit. But um, the key thing for this resource... and People might not be familiar with these curves, but um, basically, the amount of ounces that we have doesn't really vary that much as you change the cut upgrades, which are the costs. So there's still 3.8 million ounces at two and a half grams. So that again, these are the characteristics that make it quite an exceptional deposit.
1: Right, but, but just just help me understand the the, the economics, or where the, where the economics could go, and therefore how you come out this thing with the, with the with the next the PFS. Is um, around two grams per ton open pit. Okay, economic. I understand that. When you move to underground, it's going to be the, one presumes the costs go up some a little, a little bit. So how, how how do you kind of plan this? You presumably got guys on the team who've been there and done it before um, at, the, at this stage. So how, how are they looking at um, the work that you're doing? Um, what's kind of important for us as investors to focus in on? Okay, so I
0: guess going to use a couple of slides to do that and actually compare it to some other deposits as well. So this image, it's a nice, nice image on the right-hand side, which is the is basically looking along the Ikari deposit. So your average gold deposit is usually made up of lots of sort of narrow, five meter wide, maybe ten meter wide structures. Um, just looking at the scale here, we're up to two hundred meters wide here. If in some cases wider. And so, you know, what does that really mean though, to the economics of the, overhead? the underground, I guess on the left-hand side here is a way of looking at gold deposits for your investors, um, uh, to compare apples with apples or apples and oranges ultimately. So your average gold deposit that makes a reasonable return has about 4,000 ounces of vertical meter. So take someone's resource, just divide it by the debts it's over. And that's, that will be a number by will to meet so. Basically, as you keep on digging the hole in the ground, how many ounces you recover. So that's your average one. If you look at the Ikari project, we don't get down to average until 450 meters below surface, almost over 400 meters below surface. And beyond that, we really have very little drilling in this area here. Still, we've got more to do. Check out the actual, you know, the open pit and the core of this deposit that we drilled so far, we're up at almost 10,000 watts of vertical meter. I think it averages 8,000 on of the meter. So that's the differentiator, and that's what drives the economic You just a lot more gold. And even at two grams in the underground, people say, oh, that's quite a low grade. But actually, if you just check out the width of this underground here, you know, it, it, it is phenomenal. You're, you know, you're in the order of 100 meter widths when you're underneath the pit. So what does that really mean to, to the investor? It's just a lot more efficient, cost efficient to mine that you're not miming a lot of waste, developing another waste. You don't have to keep on putting more capital in to develop the project. So that gives you a bit of an idea. And then if it's all right, I'm just going to do a comparison for some well-known projects in the sector. One obviously great bear, which was bought by Kinross for one and a half billion us dollars. Hemi, which is degrade mining, which is valued at about one and a half billion dollars, and the obviously, on the right hand side. So, you yeah, know, all spectacular discoveries, I'm not going to take anything away from the others, um, but just look at, first off, Great Bear and ourselves, about 8,000 ounces of minute per meter, but the difference is, even between those two deposits, similar sizes at the moment, um, that's over 1.7 kilometers, which... A lot of people think oh that's a great thing it's more of more, and more width and, and they get quite excited about lots of strike but I, I i prefer mine because i'm only over 800 meters so what does that really mean it's a smaller development less environment impact less stripping ratio all those things get implied straight away and so you get more than twice the amount of gold you know per meter of of, of ground that you that you cover which is transformational when it comes to the actual drives that come on now, hemi is a different deposit. It's lots of open pit. So it has six different open pits. And so the average is about four and a half to 6,000 ounces of vertical meter, but that's over six kilometers of strike. So you've got to develop a lot of ground, a lot of open pits, quite capital intensive, so all great deposits. But the key thing I want investors to understand that even great deposits aren't created equally. It's not just about who's got the most ounces it's about. You know who can extract those most efficiently and pick the of return.
1: Right. Well, I'm kind of, kind of glad you went there because because I think you know some of the valuations pre mining, um, you know can can maybe you know get get ahead of people. I think the accusation around, I think Great Bear is like, how do you bring this together? How do you bring all of this together um, and and you know demonstrate the economics? But but I guess that's that's Kinross's problem. Um, you know, shareholders have, have made out like bandits um, on that particular deal. You know, Hemi too, like say, has got its own own challenges here. So, are you saying that in terms of the the way that you look to drive the valuation is going to be around um, the setting up of a development company, or and and moving into and make maybe someone else's um, challenge to make a production company? Would you think there's more exploration upside for you? because the market has been quite hard to read for the last three years I've been talking to various CEOs and it's like no no one's really got an idea of what the heck is going on out there so how do you interpret the market and how do you interpret the way forward in terms of you know driving that valuation because you've kind of sort of sat like well I think you know I think moving sideways was was the new win uh, over the last couple of years how how do you kind of get that growth going again yeah so it's it I guess look, so I guess what we're
0: aim by this slide is just to show the you know the the potential, and obviously this is a project now that is of critical mass and, and scale that can be developed. And it, you know, as we showed in the Pingye work, you, know, you a totally project at $1,650 that was generating $250 million of free cash flow, like, and he used this mine. So so that project as it stands, you know, we will move that forward. We have an environmental permitting team that we brought on, on on the team. We also have building up our engineering team by Golders, WSP, to run our pre-feasibility study. And that will be done, the pre-feasibility study will be done by mid-next year. Um, and um, the environmental permitting, the main body of all that research work, will hopefully be done by the end of next year. So, so that's one track. And obviously, we can, as I said at the beginning, I think we're valued at maybe $150 an ounce at the moment. If you just take this forward to production and you do it in a capital-efficient way and don't value shareholders, they should be worth, There know there's a you know three x return in that because those outs should be worth five to six hundred dollars a month, so that's one way of unlocking value, and we are pursuing that. But parallel to that, you know that's obviously a a timeline that you know that cash flow isn't going to come until 2028, 2030 that range there. So how do we continue to show some value now, which I think is your, your key question? For the last 18 months, we've been very focused on just. You know, proving that this asset is the quality and so that we go forward lots of projects and now it's time to turn the roots back to the on our exploration team back to doing exploration and finding the next hickory doing that extending hickory looking at these satellites so so that's really the focus so you know, there's a couple of slides that i'll point to this is hickory itself it's basically drill constrained by the resource block model basically goes to the extent the drilling was a good example there with the last hole on the on the section as mineralization, same at depth. So there's the potential to grow to extend the itself, certainly in this western portion and the depth. I mean, so we'll allocate some some resources to that, and then and then we actually went back and sort of re looked at this old slide that we had and said, you know what, we're still doing the same systematic weathering mm-hmm. and and really in the same way we set up the company in the first. Um, so we've got some regional targets that we're working on. This is some new gold targets brand new areas that we haven't worked yet or we've done a little bit of geophysics some of these early stage work so that's quite some we have some base metals areas to the east of our project which we hold and that you know we're next to the you know some of the you know, the biggest discovery in Europe Sakati and the biggest base metal mine in europe believe schitzzer operation so so that's there but that's a again a, a smaller portion of the the allocation of capital but i guess what we want to do is remind investors that Igri was our sixth discovery and um, we've now made in this 12 kilometer image that you can see here i think there's the order of nine discoveries maybe 10 actually um along this belt and four years ago there was nothing on this picture at all not one drill so you know it's been transformed already um you know we we have smaller out resources on things like in essential, we haven't put a resource out on Halo South, but and, and Laura's P2 Gold put one out on Helmy. But we're all you know, 80% of all the holes we fill in this image, um, insect mineralization. And if I look at more of the sort of concentrated image, which we're will the zoom into a minute, you know, you're probably what about 90%, but really, there's still a huge lack of being done. So, um, I guess why. And this is where we look to add more value, ultimately, and you'll see us, well, not at all, that's too (laughs) technical, but even right next to the Ikari deposit here, it was Ikari, we still haven't done a lot of drilling here, which is one of the most prospective areas. Why haven't we done it Too focused on Ikari, ultimately? Um, it's also in a wet area, quite swampy, so we can only do that in the winter, but we are drilling that now. And, um, where this next six months, um, is, you know, us, it's really back to the exciting time of, of, of you know doing that drilling, creating more value, hopefully making more discoveries. Um, and um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting time. And our neighbors at B2 Gold are also exploring on their side, which is overall gives the opportunity to see what the potential of this is over the next over this coming winter, right? And long uh, answer, so, sorry, to, Matthew.
1: <laughs> no, well, no, it's it's a, it's a, it's, it's a long answer, but I'm, i it's always important to actually understand. You know, to what end? Where where is this thing going? You know, obviously moving through the economic studies on equity makes sense, and you've got some other discoveries which you need to kind of get back to. And it's obviously, what potential potential is? But to what to what end? You mentioned B2 next, B two next next door. I mean, are you trying to make yourself look pretty for some sort of uh, M and A parade um, here? Do you think that you can keep going out to market, raising money, and you know, at higher and higher share prices? i.e. you trying not to be dilutive? uh it, 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 in, in a sense or live in a sense or is there a point at which exploration companies just get well the, you, you kind of got to show me the money as it were
0: <laughs> no absolutely i mean that's what we that's so, basically um i would mean, to go off tangent the the exploration market is so beaten up with they're it, it's it's quite hard for exploration companies even today Given they've got no money, even to tell you what they're going to do with the money, if even if they had it, it's quite hard for them to articulate that opportunity. I guess we have a great opportunity because we've already made a discovery. You've got all this underpinning of value of the, of the company, which makes our position one. But what, to, to what ends? Absolutely, absolutely, we're not doing this drilling to, you know, for an M and A point. The, the whole point of doing this drilling is, is to sh- demonstrate what is the, what is the likely larger project potentially that gets developed here over the next, you know, we currently have a 20 year life, but you know, is it a 40 year life? Is it such a significant project here that it hasn't, has a much longer life? And one of the key reasons we're doing that was actually on the permissing side, because it's what we try to do is manage the expectations of the, of all the stakeholders, not just the investors. So they really understand that, you know, this is a, you no know, it, it, it's a serious investment a bit for a long time and generate long-term jobs ultimately and it continued to generate good returns over that so i think there's many aspects of why you continue to do exploration um there's all those aspects i just discussed but there's also given success it it significantly changes with the capital structure really the company going forward currently we assume if we found nothing else we might have you know Two 7, hundred seventy-three hundred million shares out when we get into production because you've got a. But um, if you make a discovery over the next couple of years, you might transform that because you can raise money at a higher share price, and your dilution is less. So you get into production with two hundred and forty-two hundred and fifty million shares out. That is transformative to shareholders' equity
1: and valuation. <laughs> Well, I think it has been historically, but I, 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 let's say, I've had so many conversations with CEOs trying to work out how to read the market and what is being valued, what's not being valued in a risk-off environment, which we all understand the reasons why, no. uh, the companies are having to look at life differently and allocation of capital differently yeah. because the re- return on that capital is being viewed differently. So what would have been a catalyst is no longer a catalyst. So, you do, I mean, I'm, I know you will have sort of had these debates at board level and discussions at board level in terms of the best allocation of capital. Do you, do, you, do you feel there is, has to, I know you've got a really clear, kind of clear strategy, or we've always talked about a very clear strategy. Do you feel that's had to just be a little bit more agile and nimble uh, now? Or um, do you think it still holds true? I
0: mean, what are those discussions like? I think it still holds true because, um, I mean, you just have to you have to be prepared to to be a bit dynamic and change. You know, I think the advantage for us as a company, we're still only thirty five people, but six people are in the company. So when we're making exploration decisions and deciding what we're going to do next, to allocate the money, we can be very dynamic about this. We do not say, right, we you know we have fifteen to twenty million dollars of drilling in the budget for the for the year, but we don't have to spend that um it, it's success led it's not like i tell it's guys well you can just go and drill you know come back to me a year later and tell me what you found it, it's a lot more dynamic that process and do have to you know in the in the current market it the, but i think i guess that your sort of question yeah. you know, is even that relevant i think i think it is relevant as long as you're well, as you don't start drilling for drilling sake and just drilling gold for drilling, for sake or you know yeah. And that's an easy trap to get into. The, the market of just, you know, the old market maybe where you could feed some good drill results um, and hopefully use that to raise more money. I'm not sure that that exists, Matthew. I think that I think, I think that is a tough. I mean, it, I think if you that's a, that's a really tough gig for the exploration industry to to go at. And I, I'm not sure whether there's even a market that wants to invest in that product these days. Um, so. For us, it's about differentiating ourselves from from that obviously we can do that by having made the discovery so far um we have a balance sheet of you know 54 million dollars in august we've still got a, a vast portion of that so we're well funded we're not not going into a strong gold market thinking right the first thing we've got to do is raise money so then we can drill those kind of things you just constantly try to differentiate yourself or make yourself more investable than the others uh, and people will always potentially want to invest in, in quality over just other projects in the farming space. And I think even, and I think the biggest pressure now, as I see it on the endless stream, is, is that whole point is, is this a worthwhile development? Um, is it going to be able to pay for its environmental, you know, the offset, of the environmental effects it does have, does it have a, does it have an overall positive impact and unfortunately lots of small projects just don't have that. Or I think, or small, or lower economic projects don't have that, and I think that's the challenge investors are finding.
1: On. Yeah, look, I'd, I'd agree with you that investors should be going for quality, and and and, and almost, you know, I, I, I sometimes have to think really hard when people use the phrase de risk project," whether people actually understand what what that means. de risk for me is a, going through a process which insh- which is ensures not sure. It is makes more likely the prospect of this thing getting to production, actually producing cash. Now, I, I think de in most instances, certainly in the genius space, it seems to be, I'm really kind of really thinking about the the leverage potential leverage here of the share price moving through some sort of capitalist moment. It's happening less and less because one, the capital's not there. So cash constraint reduces activity, the activity that uh, will kind drive, of drive that value creation. Um, and I think that if if you've got teams who can't do what they want to do or don't even know what to do uh, you've got to kind of question your investing strategy um and i think more and more of that's coming to light at the moment which is fantastic for good projects like yourself um so like, I, like, I think that's been a good, good conversation in terms of trying to understand the the logic that you're going through is there is there a kind of plan b if the market kind of continues as it do you you know you're not you're not cash constrained you've got cash in the bank you, you seem to be able to Access capital as well. So, um, do you need a do you need a plan B? Should, should this market carry on as is? You mean carry on negatively or positively, Matthew?
0: <laughs> it's a bit more well, positive this last few days, but I'm not, not well, sure whether look, that's going to carry on.
1: <laughs> okay, we had three good hours this week. We're gold. <laughs> so I'm I'm talking about so the the the, the general trend, which has been um, this kind of upward pressure and in, in a cost co- cost environment for producers and a little bit of movement on the gold price but m- the margins are pretty much are staying the same It's almost like it's been controlled um as to how much um gold producers can make um do you, i mean do you believe that gold will move through the phases in 2024 do you believe that the 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 the, the, co- the, co- the base cost levels are at you know will 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 stay the same or drop I mean, how, how how do you view the market next year, and therefore, does that re- reflect in your in your thinking about how you plan? Okay, maybe uh,
0: just the, the first point: do we have a do we have a sort of another plan? Yes, we always have another plan, which you know we, we are committed to doing some expiration this winter. But even after we've done that, we'll still have money in the bank. So, um, look, there's a if the market is not appreciating either the sector or what we're doing. Obviously, there's another climb that says do you know what we can hunker down you know really focus on just the planting and engineering and gets watching so absolutely you can do that and obviously um you know that's why actually why we want to do that inspiration now in this season because you know we want to make sure if there's anything any changes to that we want changes to that development plan we want to incorporate those before we submit all our environmental documents so so there's a there's a structural reason or a project reason to keep on doing exploration now, but yes, we can obviously turn, you know, turn down the tap a bit and just make sure, you know, we can, we husband the capital and do that and be responsible about it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, we speak to our shareholders and they're very supportive about the way we're going at the moment, but also you've got to be, you've got to look at and survive, at least survive these markets. If they go the other way, um, on to your other question about. Gold and costs i think look we saw huge cost inflation didn't be in the industry or significant cost inflation everywhere um that does seem to be subsiding a bit um but i guess uh, you know it, 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 you've also seen the gold price rise from 1650 which we knew for well, the long term and since gold price continues to rise um i mean with this i remember november last year when we were re- about to release our pa the gold price it's all the way down to 1650. Today we're seeing at 3,050, and you wouldn't have expected that. <laughs> you know, that's a that's a significant move, a 400 move on the gold price, um, and there has averaged for the year, sort of 19, maybe at average 1950 for the whole year. So, I guess whilst there's been inflation, there's been gold price movement to compensate. To be honest, and I've always, you know, been in this gold investing in, in on the investing side in the industry and all the time. You know, gold holds its value relative to other currencies and it tends to outperform other currencies and is ultimately your protection against inflation. What we have to do as an industry is make sure we are, you know, managing the projects that we don't say, oh, you know, I'll just go and mine that last marginal ounce of time time, which is expensive. You just go focus on where the, you know, what are the really profitable parts of the business because, um, you know, just, just cause, you know, we can lower the cutoff grade and mine get a few more out deposit but what if it, wh- is that really the right thing to do Or if you don't make any returns on those outs well if that's a zero-sum game you've mined all this material done that all you've done is lower your margin so I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens if the gold price moves up you know you should have you know companies are generating really strong cash on the operation side they produce really really good cash but um it, it's probably now what happens next? Are they, you know, are they, are they good companies that are ex-growth, which is an issue, I think for the sector, are they not got other things to buy, or are they good companies that are going to be able to now reinvest in their businesses and show a bit of a growth pipeline and, and, and do that, which makes them more attractive as well. So I think the next six months for us is interesting. Our exploration for the market is incredibly interesting to see how the gold companies in a, in potentially a higher gold for environment, um, perform and how they present themselves as
1: an investor. That's to say, interesting times, James. Uh, yeah, yeah. I appreciate your um, the update, what you guys doing and also that, that uh, market overview as well. So um, stay in touch, get up with a new uh, drilling, and we'll speak to you soon. So, uh, thank you very much, Matthew. Cheers.